0: this is Jason bad to the bone and you're listening to the to the sheriff podcast Welcome, everybody, to an exclusive episode of The Sheriff. Guys, today I have a very, very tough guest. Ladies and gentlemen, I participated in an NHL charity golf tournament about 20 years ago in Simcoe, Ontario. I was told by Eric Cairns, I quote, if you're tough enough, you're going to make it eventually. Now, that was a veteran trying to give a young guy some confidence. I was only 20 years old, just finished my first year pro. But ladies and gentlemen, my guest today proved Eric Cairns' statement to be true. I call him, this is the theme for today, ladies and gentlemen, Big Mac, the underdog who became the top dog. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Steve McIntyre, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm great, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> what did you think of that Big Mac? Guys, gotta think about that one for a bit. I've never heard of that. That's that's pretty original.
0: But great
1: right on, a, bro. Old Saskatchewan boy. Like
0: yeah, him. for sure. But but honestly, though, Big Mac, I, I played in this charity golf tournament after my first year in Rochester, and my girlfriend was from Simcoe, Ontario. And I don't know how, but somehow, bro, she got me into, like, this big-named NHL charity golf tournament. So you got guys like VandenBush, Eric Cairns all these guys from the area and then little me, the AHL guy, right. That people are paying money to play with. They're probably so disappointed when they, when we saw it wasn't Eric Cairns. It was Sean McMorrow, but, but yeah, Cairns, pretty much told me, dude, I, I know you, cause I had a lot of majors my first year and he's like, dude, if you're tough enough, you're eventually going to make it. And, and bro, like I can't wait to get into your story, big Mac, because I want the listeners to understand what the battle is to finally get to the show and bro i'm a stat guy mac and when i saw like your stats and where you played man i appreciated it so much i got a great story for you for when you came to edmonton because i was at that training camp i was one of the guys they brought in to try to fill that void and man it's gonna be awesome but mac i'm a type of guy for my big characters i like to go to the beginning brother Right, and I want to start hearing you talk now. I want to talk about Brock, Saskatchewan, my man. That's the official birthplace, right?
1: Well, I was born in Rosetown, Saskatchewan, officially in the in the I think it's the Rose Town Union Hospital. Right on. Um, yeah, and then uh, like I said, my uh, my dad, well, my mom grew up in Rose Town, and my dad, uh, like I said, he went to school there in, in Rosetown, Town, and then. Grew up in Brock, and then that's officially where where they ended up in, in Brock, Saskatchewan, about uh, five miles from my my grandpa and grandma, and and that's kind of how it started. Um, like I said, it's a small farming community, ranching community, um, you know, with a little curling rink and you know, a little little rink that uh, um, you know is where where it all started. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I don't really remember about my career um but the very first time i laced up the skates and and got my first uh taste of hockey um got on the ice and fell flat on my face <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah then it was it's kind of uh um you know it was a goal of mine ever since i was little to to be an edmonton oiler and i got to wow. accomplish that dream so
0: wow man that that's giving me chills big mac I, I, I appreciate, buddy. I appreciate I appreciate you getting deep like that. This is what I love about the show is getting the opportunity. Because, Mac, I'll be honest with you, buddy. Like I'm, I'm two years younger than you. I'm an 82, right? Oh. But I'm a big Steve McIntyre fan. Yeah. I'm a big Steve McIntyre fan, man. I've been following you for a long time. I'm the guy on the team, Mac, that when we got to the visitor's room, like on the road, I was the first guy to grab the stat pack. Like, I'm, like, the stat guy. I follow all the tough guys. Like, it's just always been my thing. I followed – I had cards as a little kid. I've always been a big fan, right? And I'm a huge Big Mac fan, Steve McIntyre fan. And one of my big questions for you, buddy, is, like, so in this small, tight-knit community, man, and I appreciate it so much because I love the farming communities. I love the hard work that you learn as a little kid. I love the values that have been in stoned in your mind since a little guy. And you know what I mean? And and, and I, I really value that type of stuff. I want to know about your size, though. Like, you're a huge man. 6'5", 250 in your prime, right, Steve? Yeah,
1: about that,
0: yeah. yeah. As a kid in Brock, though – were you always the biggest like in school or did you have a growth spurt at a certain age? Well, what was the situation with your size?
1: I was always a big kid. Um like I said I still am a big kid at heart, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh I was always heads and shoulders uh above everybody else and yep. and like I said you know the other night I played rec hockey and, and Brock and and it's kind of neat going through all the pictures and and seeing just how much just the size difference, um, you know, and of course I got the big goggles and the huge, big comb, comb over and just looked like a total nerd, but, uh, (laughs) nothing's, nothing's changed, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it's, you know, it was just kind of one of them things. My dad's six, five or six, four, and, and my great uncle, he was six, six. So, uh, and then on my mom's side, they were all big, you know, big people. So, you know, yeah. size size and strength was kind of my forte, and, and yeah. uh, you know, just kind of working on the farm, you just, I I was never ever really good in the gym, gym strong, but, uh, you know, if we needed to go, uh, you know, load bales, or, you know, we had to go flip some calves and treat some calves, or whatever, I was always in there like a dirty shirt, wrestling and, and farting around, doing that kind of stuff.
0: Now, Mac, you might be a little bit impressed, but... I mean, I I was with this girl for about five, six years, and her family were farmers. And okay. wheat, wheat, sweet corn, and pumpkins were their money makers. Wow. But that wheat and that hay, right? I tried to impress the dad. He took me out one time, bro. I had to keep up with, with the vehicle and grab those bales and throw it in the truck and grab the next one. And, I, man, I did my best to keep up until I almost passed out. I wanted to impress yeah. this guy so much. I can't believe the work ethic that you were brought up with. And trust me, the the the, the cow farms, it's Great. even more work. What kind of farm did you grow up on? What kind of farm was your family we, business?
1: I grew up in a mixed farm. Like we had grain land and, and uh, we have cows. Um, like I said, to this day, we still have, uh, well, I don't know what dad's got now. He's got, well, he's got over a hundred head right now and, and uh so that kind of keeps him busy that's kind of his you know there's nothing like going out in the spring and and uh seeing them baby calves born and and uh that's just that's, that's kind of his uh stress relief the farming uh, i was never ever a farmer i'm still not don't ever want to be um,
0: but you helped a lot
1: yeah you know what? Like growing up on the farm like i said we were always helping doing something um and that was just part of it that was part of life um you know, we were seeding time, springtime come around, we were calvin, spring air seeding and then uh you know, June, July we were haying and uh like I said, then into August and September we were combining and harvesting. So, you know, there's always something to be done and uh you know the the even from a small when I was a small kid's young age, um, you know, that work ethic has been ingrained into my uh, you oh, know, that. life. And it's just kind of one of them things like, you know, it's uh you can control your attitude and your work ethic, and that's for the most part I'd like to think that's what I did. Yeah,
0: man. So I, I've heard about your dad, the great uncle. Is there any siblings of Big Mac?
1: I got one brother and one sister. Um my brother, he's younger. I'm the oldest of three. Um my brother's five years younger and he was uh he was he actually had all the skill. Um really tough as nails um yeah he was a little better uh he was more of a um a goal getter than i was i was rough and tumble and i mean not saying that he wasn't either because we used to beat the tar out of each other probably <laughs> he yeah. probably probably the hardest i've ever been hit in my entire life really really so, yeah how, we
0: were, no, how big is your was your brother in his prime
1: well you oh, I mean he's a young
0: fella now but
1: my brother's 6 foot 2 probably I I don't know 190 maybe okay. he's a pretty Great good guy. um yeah we were wrestling like a, on the trampoline like a Wayne
0: Simmons type
1: size yeah yeah really wiry like probably the wiriest guy i've ever wrestled like i said we were wrestling on the trampoline and i was you know kind of poking fun at him and and i mean he come from downtown and just hit me flat <laughs> flat square right on the schnoz broke my nose and Course I'm sitting there crying and laughing. It's just like I'm in total disbelief and he's sitting there just seething mad rather to fire rather ready to fire again. <laughs> but yeah, he's my nose is over on the side of my face and I'm just like, you know, just crying. But yeah, he was he was pretty tough. But like I said, he could he could play the game and and unfortunately he had some issues, uh injury issues and and uh he was kind of forced, not necessarily forced to retire, but he just chose a different uh you know we went on to play basketball and baseball and, and do some different yep. things then there's sorry go ahead back sorry or, yeah my, and then my sister she's two years younger and and she was into figure skating and nice. and uh, showing horses and and that's what she oh. did so wow Great right on
0: equestrian
1: yeah yeah we and actually we all were like we all you had, all are yeah we all had horses to ride and like i said we were open and Heather was like I said, she was more into the showing. We we showed quite a bit too at a young age, and then like I said, I got more into the roping, and and then David, he, uh, you know, he rode for fun. But uh but like I said, that was we always had horses to ride and chase cows and move cows, and so yeah, there was never never a dull moment. And
0: then so and Max, thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Max. So in Brock, how did it work for minor hockey? Like what was the team considered like was it considered a double a team a triple a team like how did all that work
1: uh we were just lucky to have enough kids to play a game or okay so didn't we didn't know anything about double a single a travel or anything like that true um there was just a bunch of farm kids and uh that that came together and we were all about the same age and and uh like i said we played uh Oh, like I said, we played first year like first year Adam, whatever it was, novice, and then the second years. Then we'd always play with the the same kids every other year. It seemed like so we always yeah. kind of we were good. Like I said, we were just talking uh, today. One of the guys I work with, um, we were talking about hockey back in the day and the difference that the kids have now. It's you know we played with with each other, uh, you know, every second year, every year and there was never really any new kids can that came in. Uh, so we played baseball together. We played, uh, you know, hockey together. And I mean, we got to be, we'd go in, you know, on a, well, whenever really, and, and go, uh, shoot pucks and skate. And it was never, it was not, it's not like what it is now. We always had full ice practices and, and, uh, you know, there was never ever a, sh- a shortage of ice time. So we got to develop our skills and, and, uh, you know, our, our, uh, our, like I said, our team chemistry, our team, you know, we had our team core guys. Yeah. So the camaraderie was probably second to none. Yeah. We were all best for the most part. We were all good friends and buddies. And like I said, one guy had a birthday party or the whole hockey team showed up and that's just how it was. So, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, but then, you know, unfortunately, you know, as you get into, you know, middle school and, and high school, those, those teams break up because, um yep. you know guys you're going different directions and and unfortunately we lost that uh that team but uh like I said now uh playing rec hockey back in Brock you see a lot of familiar faces that you used to play with when you were a kid so that's kind of that's kind of cool
0: that's awesome so so Mac how big was Brock when you were growing up compared to now and is it the
1: same kind of or has it changed a lot uh it's about the same size um, there's a lot of people that I don't know, um, you know, I'll go into the store and there's actually some people from your neck of the woods, um, down that Ontario way that have moved into Brock and have actually wow. taken for the the country store there. And, and, uh, yeah, so they, they retired from, I want to say they lived right in downtown Toronto and they sold everything and they moved out here and kind of, uh, are relaxing and kind of semi-retired, I guess you'd say. Wow doing their thing so yeah it's 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 kind of a you know you get the obviously you get the riff riffraff just like every other place but uh you know for the most part when you say you're from Brock it's it's uh it, you uh there's a little bit of a respect I guess uh, yep. that I'm proud to say uh hard-working earned, people yeah that we earned it's like no you know oh you're from Kinnersley. no we're not from Kinnersley, we're from Brock or you know, you know, Rosetown. Oh, you're from Roastown? No, we're from Brock. Like, we're yeah. very, very proud to say we're we're the Brock boys. And you know, for wow. the most part, we're pretty, pretty tough. And but at the same yeah. time, give you the shirt off your backs if we needed it. And I mean, that was the other thing too, is like, as a community, we're we're a pretty tight knit community. So everybody, for the most part, watches each other's backs and takes care of each other. So that's kind of, you know, that's pretty, pretty. I'm pretty proud to say that. Right on. So, so Mac,
0: what are we talking here? Are we talking five, ten thousand, what?
1: Oh, two hundred fifty people. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah two hundred and fifty people. Yeah, like all of Saskatchewan. I don't even think it has a million people in it. So. Okay,
0: so yeah. this is a really tight knit community, yeah. oh, Big Mac.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's
0: Awesome. Yeah. Now I know. Now I understand about we're just trying to get it, enough kids to be able to play a game. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, she's, uh, and like I said, I'm very, you know, I got to live all over North America, and, and, you know, I'm, like I said, going back to, you know, Brock, it's it's home, you know. Yeah. So it is what it is. Everybody's, you know, there's no there's no place like home. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's old, and, you know, the other day it was minus 52 at the windchill, and I was just like, oh, hey, why am I doing this? Why am I back home? Like, I could be down in North Carolina, or I could be down in Texas. Why am I here? <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it's home. It's not Almost the same. Where, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. Great right on, it. man. know. I, I appreciate you filling
0: me in. I, I was way off, like they say. You know, uh, uh, the Ace Ventura and Peck Detective. Swanson, Swanson, them. I was way <laughs> off. But, yeah, 250 people. That's incredible. Um, I want to talk to you about the dub, okay? The <laughs> infamous WHL. Now, Mac, would you say... Our era, like, and I think an era is like, you know, you know, eight to ten years within an age group is kind of like an era, right? So would you say our era in the WHL, it was probably one of the toughest eras, right? Especially with the guys that are like a couple years older than you. You know, and then you goddard and like, right? So do do you find that when you came into the league that it was it was probably one of the toughest eras of that league?
1: Oh, I, I would say. Um, and even before, uh, you know, you had Rocky Thompson and. and yes, Stephen Tony P. Parker, Stephen P. Stephen P, playing, right, Stephen P was still playing in uh, Calgary, I want to say, or Red Deer. I can't remember. Um, yeah. I never, ever did get to go with him. Um, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's pretty. Tough. But. Uh, um, but yeah, it. it, it like I said, they don't call it the Wild West for nothing.
0: Yo, exactly. So now dude I was a guy that played for a lot of teams in junior. Okay? Because I yep. saw that you played, you know, you had the four teams in the four years pretty much, right? I I'm played not- for six I played for six teams, right? I got I played for three teams in one season. I got traded twice in one season. So I know what that's like. Yep. I, I can feel you, brother. I, I know what that's like. So my question to you is. What was the situations Like, were you getting traded, like, mid-season? Or was it like you were on a team and then you just went to a different team because maybe that team didn't show enough interest to bring you back to camp? Like, like what were the scenarios for you? For me, it was all trades.
1: So, in Saskatoon, like, I was with Saskatoon for... I want to say I was protected. I want to say, say I was protected and, and I was never drafted. And I want to say that they protected me for a year or two years. And then they called me up. Willie Desjardins called me up for my first game as a 17-year-old. And then um, the next year, um, B, uh, Brad McCrimmon and Tim Chevelday, um, I went to camp. And like I said, I worked that summer on my skating and got to the point where I was, you know, getting somewhere. And and uh, they gave me an opportunity then. And I played the year with Darcy Hortuchuk. And we ended up being the worst I think the worst team in Blades history. <laughs> we broke for that. We were terrible. You guys must have had to fight a lot then. Oh, we had I wanna say we had sixty five fights between the two of us. Like we were in, fighting every in game. Junior. Yeah. It was <laughs> uh, it was like I think me and Horty fought each other seven times in training camp or something stupid like that. And then uh like I said, then we were teammates and we were seemed like we were always fighting, especially against uh and you know we held our own. Um, you know, we were fighting uh, Regina had Cal Fredericks and Travis Churchman and Garth Murray and uh, oh, no. oh gosh, they had some tough guys in <laughs> on to, uh uh Jordan two 2 Les Borsheim beat the wheels off me one time. Um Colton Orr was out that way too, right? Well uh, he was in Swift Current. Um he had they had uh, Cold Mars and Swift Current And they had Matt Sommerfeld Probably the toughest Gee. guy pound for pound I've ever faced. in my life Really? And um, oh he's crazy tough Um, Wasn't a very big guy but he was he was Like weight wise I think he was like maybe 6'1 6'2 but just like my brother he's just wiry Yeah uh, You know people at every time who's the toughest guy And I was like you know what I said the toughest guy Pound for pound is Matt Sommerfeld that I've ever fought
0: Sommerfeld
1: wow. Yeah. He was, yeah, I want to say he got drafted by the Panthers. And then I think he ran into some, some concussion issues. And I yeah. think he had fire. Um but uh yeah, he was tough. And then uh PA always had a tough team. Um we had Craig Brunell, he was he was tough. Uh, yeah, I played with Bruni. He was, pretty, he was all there. Um, Crazy lefty eh? Yeah, he was tough. Um and square. He was uh you knew you got hit then calgary yeah. had ryan andres i think he was another guy who's another there was another guy from Regina. josh dobbin okay he's he tough i mean everybody had two or three tough guys in in in, in, in you know <laughs> like i said and, and uh, me and Hardy, we didn't have anybody it was just me and Horty. and we were yeah. both young yeah. rookies so we had we had to take all these guys on and, and uh you know, it was it was fairly it was it wasn't the easiest job, but uh, like I said, we got to be good buddies and and like I said, kind of uh, I don't know, I guess you call us the Bash Brothers, maybe in Saskatoon, I don't know. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Of course, you guys were. <laughs> we had uh, we had some good tilts, uh, but yeah, it, and then like I said, I went from Saskatoon to um, Red Deer. Saskatoon to Red Deer had a little stint there. You know, and and the crazy thing about it is, like I said, and I want to preface this this with, you know, I didn't understand my role. And this is probably part of the reason why I moved around as much as I did is uh, I didn't really I fought to fight. And because it was an it was a job that was given to me or is expected. You know, it was it was I didn't understand the role. And when I went to Red Deer, um, you know, Brent Sutter and I, I I didn't know what he wanted. Like, I, I didn't understand the role. And. I mean, I'm not a, an aggressive person uh, per se. I never really um, accepted that role. Like, I never fought off the ice, and I never ever, you know, my, 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 uh, you know, we, if push come to shove, we'd fight, but we never ever really, you know, understood the job. And yeah. Brent, um, you know, he expected and demanded a lot uh, from his players. And, you know, I, uh, I was, I, I wasn't I, I I wasn't smart enough maybe or I, I didn't understand the hockey the game within the game uh, as I do now or as I had to learn and so I mean there was a little bit of friction obviously um, but uh, looking back um, it wasn't for Brent Sutter um, and obviously some other key individuals but uh, Brent was a big reason why uh, you know inadvertently uh, why. I continued my career as a player and developed trying to figure out this role and like I said I was only there for like two or three months but uh you know he took me in the room I was having a tough day or like just awful and he brought me in the room I wanted to quit hockey he brought me in the room and he said you know what Macker he said you quit now he said you quit the rest of your life and I took that and I was like you know my mom and dad didn't raise quitters and I said I sure as hell ain't going to be a quitter and when he kind of you know, this is an ex-NHLer. You know, multi. I think I don't know how many cups he's won. Yeah, but a lot. He, when he sits you down and kind of has a pretty uh, black and white heart-to-heart with you, you, you you listen. And there was two ways I could have taken that. I could have said, you know what, f you, you know, blah 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 blah. Or I could have said, you know what, and I, I mean, I'm glad I I'm glad I listened. And and you know, and obviously uh, at that time I wasn't mature enough to maybe accept it the way i should have but looking yeah. back uh you know him and i have gotten to talk uh, numerous times and and every time i say you know i sure appreciate you having me sit me down having that conversation even though it was a yeah. you know it started i was a you know an FU maybe but uh, <laughs> and he we you know we laugh and giggle a little bit uh, about it but uh you know it's it was one of those learning uh it was a it was a it was a learning experience that uh Um, you know, I had to learn the, the, maybe the tougher way. And then I ended up uh, going to Prince Albert and, and, uh, yeah, I had a, had a great coach up there, Kevin McClellan. Um, what a beauty that guy was. He was another guy that, uh, really, really instilled, uh, you know, that That's okay. My boy's (laughs) Yeah. Right on. But, uh, he kind of instilled that the other side of it too is, is, you know, Hey, let's develop this role, but also, hey, let's develop the other side, and uh, you know, give me an opportunity to play, and had some good opportunities to play with some pretty good players there, and and uh, a lot of, while Scotty Hartnell, Riley Cote, uh Milan Craft, like uh, wow. pretty good hockey, yeah, yeah. some really good hockey players, and we had a good team, but unfortunately, we just you know didn't uh, didn't put it all together, but uh, and then. You know, that was the year that uh, I played that full year with uh, with Prince Albert and absolutely loved it, had great billets. Um, then the next year, um, I think Kevin went on to Mer- the American League or the Coast, I can't remember. Okay.
0: Donnie Clark- So he got a promotion, he got a yeah. job offer yeah. in pro.
1: And then Donnie Clark came and, and he took over and he was actually, uh, hey buddy. He was the coach that uh, – I don't know if he would really liked me per se, <laughs> um, but uh, he traded me to Madison Hat. And then that's kind of where I ended up my uh, – my, or finished off my WHL career as a 20-year-old. And- so
0: now before you continue, Big Mac, I just got to interrupt you for one second because I just want to get your opinion on another thing that I got in my mind. At this time, now, when I was doing all my research, I love researching guys that I, lo- that I followed, right? Because then I learn even more. At this time, you were considered by many as the toughest fighter in junior hockey, though, right? Going oh, into that year, right?
1: I, I don't know about that. But I, no, no, no know,
0: but I know you're I, humble, Mac. I know I, you're I, humble.
1: I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever, I've ever thought that. Like, to be perfectly honest with you, I always thought, well, you know, I get a couple lucky ones in here once in a while, but I never, ever really, I I didn't have that, you know, and I maybe should have, maybe could have or should have had that. Maybe if I would have, maybe I could have been there a little quicker, but that's not how I was raised. And, yeah, you know, I, I uh, and I mean, you know, those kind of guys, that's, hey, that's their deal, you know, whatever. I was never, ever a showboater. I was never, ever a. You know, uh, <clears throat> the guy that would go out there and, and purposely try to hurt people, like I'd go out there. And I mean, I'd bend the rules a little bit and occasionally I'd break them. But, uh, <laughs> and I find it funny even now, like I'm playing senior hockey for the, the Kittensley Clippers here, and, and I've gotten a lot slower. I don't think I could have gotten a lot slower. But I've got a lot slower and now I have to cheat like you wouldn't believe I'm hacking and whacking. <laughs> my dad has to kind of give me the, he's like, I didn't raise you to do that crap, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm, four, well, i would be 42 years old here in August and <laughs> I'm like, dad, you know, he's like, I don't, so, you know, That's I, awesome, I always, always had a pretty good, uh, my mom and dad have always kind of brought me down when I thought my bitches yeah. were. Or I got a little too big for my britches. They always kinda of brought me down. And my dad always said, you know, he said, There's always don't ever think you're the toughest because he said there's always somebody there's always bigger and tougher. Yeah. So, no. No. You know, I've always that's always been in the back of my mind and I've always, you know, um you know, of course my mom, she's just she's five four maybe, and she always <laughs> say, That dynamite comes in small packages. Don't ever yeah. forget that. <laughs> so, Firecrackers. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it's a pretty good mixture between the two of them i think they kind of they're the ying and the yang of, of, of for me they uh, my dad's big and and you know pretty easy going and my mom she's you know she's a little firecracker so it's a right pretty on, man. pretty good uh, but yeah that's like i said as far as you know thinking that i i don't know why right on and it no i
0: might- i i appreciate that mac but okay so let's put it this way some were saying that you were the toughest guy in junior hockey that year. This is my question to you, because I know that you left, right? I got to ask you about this league, man. I got to ask you about the CEHL. Well, even before that, the MGHL, right, with the OCN Blizzard, where was that, and and how did they recruit you, Mac? How did they convince you to come there?
1: Well, um, Kerry Clerk, so I got cut from the – the Medicine Hat Tigers, and um, I had a couple different offers, um, but I just, you know, to that point, I didn't really want to. I think I had one from Tri-Cities or maybe Spokane. I'm not a hundred percent sure, okay. but I was like, you know, I don't really want to. You know, I want to, I want to go play. I don't want to just be somebody's hired gun. I want to go play and, and uh, you know, my last year junior, and then go to school. Um, that was the one thing I I uh, promised my mom that I'd go to school and get an education. It's the only thing that I haven't done yet, so it's on my bucket list. <laughs> but but anyway, um I ended up talking to Kerry Clark, which was uh Donnie Clark's and Don and Wendell Clark's brother and uh yep. he was coaching up in O. C. N and and uh like I said he he sold it to you know a great place and so i come up there and the first day i get there i'm like where in the heck am i going like it's way up like it's
0: where I is it it's, a,
1: it's straight north Mani- well straight north of it's in manitoba straight north of winnipeg i want to say seven Oh, left. yeah okay yeah south of flinflon an hour and a half i think or an hour so it's way up there yeah and, uh yeah i went up there and and uh, what a great experience um, I got to to experience living on the. I didn't I didn't live on the reserve, but I I I mean, talk about the people up there and the culture. I'm very much uh, I enjoy that um, the history and you know the 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 cultural. Like I said, we we have as I don't know we have this stereotype we're very stereotypical and and when I got to go up there and and live with the natives and be a part of that culture I just was absolutely just floored because they're some of the nicest most giving uh people that I've ever been around and just totally blew my my thoughts or or perception away um you know we we got to go fishing you know they took us fishing and you know moose hunting and you know no way it, oh it was so much fun like I, I i mean i i we're planning a fishing trip here um this summer and and uh, that's the first place i want go. go to go i want to go to ocn visit everybody and and uh go fishing up there at rocky lake so wow uh yeah it's it was it was probably the best as far as hockey going to play a certain place it was probably the most fun that i've ever had especially playing junior so it was awesome yeah dude Great experience for you. Yeah. <clears throat> now yeah, Mac, good guys, and and uh, yeah, we we won a championship up there. So anytime you do that, that's a lot of fun too.
0: Oh, you guys won! You guys won it up
1: there. Yeah, we won the Manitoba Junior Hockey League oh, championship. Man, so, that must have been such a ride. How
0: was, how late did you guys play till? Like, was it really late? Like oh, May and the May?
1: Probably not quite. Well, maybe. Uh, because we went to the Anibet Cup. Uh, to play Weyburn, we got smoked by Weyburn, um, but uh, that was for the Royal Bank, to go to the Royal Bank Cup. But uh, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest with you, how far, you know, I, I want to say it was definitely in the April, maybe probably in the May, I would say. So, right on. Yeah.
0: So, dude, the the reason why I'm asking that, Mac, is because, buddy, you got to tell me what you did in the summer after that season, <laughs> to start this next season, buddy. Because, Mac, it might be a record jumping point totals from one <laughs> season to the next, buddy. You lit it up, bro. For who was it? The Bay County Blizzard. Yeah. I And uh, Muskegon. But let's talk about Bay County, bro. Where was that?
1: In so, Michigan? Yeah, it was um... – so what happened was, I had, I had uh, the summer before that I was working at a at a farm community pasture, and I actually got fired. That was the first job I ever got fired from. That was devastating. But uh, yeah. I went on to work at the feedlot just down uh, about two hours from home and dad from home here, and and that was kind of my first job away from home, and and worked my tail off, and went into training camp, and I was in good shape, but I had no air but as far as fit as a fiddle, um, and then I think that's why Donnie ended up moving me. But anyway, uh, the next summer I went and did the same thing. Um, I was away from, I was about two and a half, three hours away from home riding every day. Um, uh, you know, checking cows, you know, treating cows, doing whatever, kind of cowboying a little bit. And, and I mean, I was, I was fit. I was in good shape. Like I wanted to say I was probably 225 pounds just, you know, no way. Old. I wasn't jacked, like, bulky or anything, but I was just fit. Because, I mean, it's just like swimming. If you're riding every day, you know, you're you're just fit. And
0: yeah.
1: um, this team called me from, a big, well, Bay County. And uh, I want to say it was base, well, they were based out of Bay City, Michigan. And they were called the Bay County, oh, I can't remember what their initial, the first name. Because it, it was kind of one of the fly-by-night leagues uh well teams the guy that owned them the guy that talked to me um you know convinced me to come down there and and play and and uh mom and dad they agreed to let me go play and i jumped on a on a train uh in malta montana which is about four and a half hours from where i grew up south and jumped on the train for i want to say it was 24 hours to Oh, I think I got off of Battle Creek, Michigan. I just had my hockey bag and like my clothes, and that was pretty much it, literally. And looking back, it's just absolutely insane because I didn't have a cell phone, I didn't <laughs> didn't have any of the social media. I had my book and my couple, you know, Western Horse magazines or whatever. And, I mean, that was where <laughs> I'd go. And uh, looking back, it's absolutely crazy to think that, but. Yeah. Uh, uh you know, Grand Central Station in Chicago, it's just like, oh my gosh, trying to figure out where you gotta go and and uh but yeah, I ended up in basic or probably Battle Creek, Michigan. I got off the train there, got on a bus from there to Flint, Michigan. And as you probably know, Flint, Michigan is probably not the nicest town um, in the world. It's crazy. They're pretty rough. So yeah. you know, <laughs> like, eh, I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> Big goals, yeah. all right. Yeah, he picked me in <laughs> Michigan, and I ended up in base, well, Bay County or Bay City. Yeah. That's kind of how it started. And then uh, we had a, it was kind of a, it was an overage junior team, I want to say. Um, Like, I was 21, or I yeah. just turned um, we had we had guys on the team that were kind of from all, you know, parts of Western Canada, Eastern Canada. There were three yeah. of us. There were two guys that I played uh, uh, in the Manitoba Hockey League or Manitoba Junior Hockey League against uh, 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 Brian White and Cody Kowski, and they ended up being my roommates. And then, then we, were, we had a bunch of Easterners from, uh a guy from PEI, and we had uh, another guy from uh, New Brunswick. A couple guys from New Brunswick, and there was, like I said, kind of our goalie. A couple guys from. From British Columbia, so there was actually kind of a, quite a mix of guys as far as who we had, and and we we, we had a pretty we have pretty good bunch of guys. We all hung out together, and we all um, we should have probably won it. But before I could have an opportunity to go to playoffs, I got booted you out. You got
0: of called it. up, right?
1: Well, I wouldn't say called up. I got booted out. <laughs> I uh, had too many. Oh yeah, you got banned yeah <laughs>
0: so tell me about that brawl what well, who was the brawl
1: against? well, I don't even know what it was against, but it was just an it was a accumulation of too many suspensions i, I oh so I okay there was a there is an instance where oh one of the guys from toledo i think is what happened what started is one of the guys from toledo um he kicked our goal in the head nobody nobody did anything so I came off the bench and grabbed the guy and and we kind of had to do-si-do a little bit. And, and uh, or it was right at the shift change or whatever. And he kind of went by as a goalie was freezing the puck and booted him in the head. And then, uh, <clears throat> so I didn't really care for that. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> it, he speared me uh, between the legs up in Traverse City. And so I grabbed him and I actually had his helmet in my hand. And I might have smacked him a few times upside the head with his helmet. Yeah. Probably not. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. But, uh, and then the last one, uh, the commissioner's son and I, we had uh, some history. He was playing in Detroit and he thought he was pretty tough and was kind of running roughshod on a few of the guys on the team. And, and uh, you know, we were battling in front of the net. And I'm not afraid to throw cross check around. Well, I cross checked him. And we fell, and he took his stick and he caught me right across the side of the face. Wow. With the stick. So it came yeah. up here. And I mean, you know, so of course, me being a little bit, you know, overzealous, I may have allegedly cross checked him again and drove his back <laughs> down. Needless to say, it was an accumulation of too many suspensions, and ended up, I had an opportunity to either go to Toledo to, uh, the Storm, I think they were called at that time. It was the old Toledo team, the Coast team? Um, I think it was Toledo Storm. I think that was, yeah. They were red yeah. and white. Yeah. Kenny played yeah. t- for them, and I think that actually might have been the same year as Kenny was there. Or I could have gone, or I went, and, or I could have gone to. Uh, Muskegon. Muskegon. I chose to go to Muskegon because they were, you know, they were I think first or second in the league and had a good opportunity yeah. cup, and yeah, you know. Coach at the time um, was like, "Hey, if it was me, I'd go try out for these guys and go from there." So that's what so i ended now, up doing. And,
0: how was that playoff run with Muskegon? Because I see that you played a lot of playoff games that year.
1: Yeah, we won it that year. Yep. Oh, you guys won it. Yeah, they had me as a, I came in as a D man, and uh, I skated. I had I went and skated. I played. We played uh, my first game against a. Uh, the uh, Port Huron. Yeah, the Port Huron team. Yeah, I forget uh, if it was the Pins or Border Cats or something like that, but I fought a guy by the name of Mark Durant. And my coach, when I was in Bay City, he said, All right, he said, You know, your first pro shift, go out there and fight the biggest, find the biggest guy you can. Your first pro shift, first pro game, go out there and make an impression. So, of course, I go out there, and, and Mark's a big guy, or he was. He's six foot six or six foot seven, and he's a man. And I'm still. You know, in junior mode, and yeah, needless to say, there's a picture of me, arms are straight out by my side, and I'm going down like a redwood oak. <laughs> <laughs> he, he split me open for like six or seven. I could put my my lip through or my tongue through my lip, and uh, the doctor did a heck of a job st- stitching me back up. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, well, welcome welcome to pro hockey.
0: Welcome to pro <laughs>
1: holy. So, yeah, but needless to say, I think I fought him four or five more times, than the last, the last one I, I finally got him. It was, they were pretty, pretty well even draws, and and the last time he was, I want to say he was with Lowell, and I was with Hartford, and and I uh, got him pretty good. So you got him back? I'd like to, yeah. say I got him finally, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a great experience. We ended up winning that league uh, that year, the the Colonial Cup, and. What a run that was. That was that was a lot of fun. Dan Cole is my coach and and what a what a great what a great guy. I talk about intense intense coach. Like he was probably one of the most intense coaches I've ever had. But a good coach and a fair coach. Uh, he was he was really, really good. Right
0: on, bro. Okay, so now this I, I'm gonna have a lot of fun with this because I love asking guys that played in the semi pro league in Quebec how they got recruited, how those Frenchmen convinced us to come. I love asking it. I want to hear your experience. And and before you start, did you start the year in St. Jean or in Muskegon? Which one did you start with? And then that season, because you played, you know, for both leagues, right?
1: Yeah, I was actually, I played my first year pro. So, so if you play a year pro, um, I actually was supposed to go to Red Deer College. I didn't want to say I was enrolled to go to Red Deer College to be really? a, a school. like a teacher. Like that was I was gonna go get my education degree or yeah. start. <clears throat> and I was like, you know, I, I want to try this, uh, you know, and uh, I cannot remember his last name, but his first name was Tony, and he he uh, he was the coach for the Saint John Mission. Mission. And I want to say it was a first or second year. And, uh, he, he, uh, he recruited me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll come check it out. Just kind of, Hey, you know, what's, what's the worst that could happen? Go see the country, go, you know, a free ride out to Montreal. They're going to fly you out there put you up in a great hotel. And, you know, it was unbelievable. And so uh, they
0: were flying you out there, Mac. You, they, you didn't live in, in Montreal, no, they, right?
1: They, they flew out. Um, they flew me out. Uh-oh. What happened here? They flew me out. Where'd you go? There we go. There you go. They flew me out, and uh, I lived with actually Dean Mayrand. I don't know if you. You lived the, with Dean Mayrand? Yeah. He was Dean Mayrand, the Mayrand. Machine. Mayrand. Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dino. Uh what a great guy he is. Like you won't talk about it, Just a great human. Like just a great dude. Give you the shirt off his back kind of guy. I, uh, oh, yeah. but, uh, anyway, long story short, I was out there, uh, I want to say for two or three months, or uh, it might actually have been a month or two, maybe. Yeah. After two months. months where, yeah. Anyway, I, I want to say, like, we were practicing once every week, and it was just like, you know, it was definitely a culture shock for sure. Um, yep. but, like I said, it was, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, but, uh, I was just like, you know, I need to go where where i can play and i can develop get, your game develop and you know if this is an opportunity for me to further my career you know as a as a player then i need to do that so that's when i ended up, up going back to muskegon and and mike Busnik was my coach there and we had a we had a lot of fun that year <laughs> i gotten a lot of scraps that year
0: so <laughs> yeah so oh smoke so you yeah man so you you in 54 games you almost had 300 minutes and uh, I know Big Mac doesn't get tens. So, yeah, lots of fights, buddy.
1: Yeah, we had, uh, I think I had like 27 or 28, might have been 30 fights. Like, it was in, was, in the 54 games. Pardon? Yeah, thanks. So. Wow. That yeah, was not you, but I mean, <laughs> it was a lot of fights.
0: Buddy, it's very, very impressive.
1: I want to talk. Okay, so the next, the next year that
0: I'm dying to talk to you about is actually the lockout year. So the 2004-2005 season, you're playing in Charlotte. Now, you're not just playing in Charlotte. You're, you're splitting the, the year with Charlotte and Hartford Wolfpack, right? Yep. So now, Mac, I want you to explain to the listeners how tough the AHL was, bro, that year. And I, Mac, you had 207 PIMS in 27 games for Hartford, buddy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I know Big Mac doesn't get tens. So explain to the listeners the type of huge manness that you had to fight that year in the NHL lockout year when it seemed like every team had three or four guys.
1: Well, thankfully, one of the biggest humans that did play the game, Marty Grenier, was on my team. So I didn't ever have Renz to. Grenier was him. on your team that year? Oh, Grenier was. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. I, I played him. with him, too. That is the biggest mountain of a man I've ever. Senior her played like he's got, wow, well, I mean, feet and <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's just a huge, huge, huge man. But, uh, like I said, it was there was me. Well, actually, I got called up, Trevor broke his foot, and then, uh, so well, actually, going into training camp, I want to say there was, uh, was it? Were they locked out the whole year, or was it just half the year?
0: No, they were locked out the entire season, and it seemed yeah. like they got it's, all the their tough guys to play in the AHL. So perfect. the AHL had, like, the guy that they had last year, the NHL guy, and then, like, another guy. Like, it seemed like That's everyone great.
1: had two, three guys. Because uh, I want to say, Purington was in Hartford. Granier yeah, sure. was in Hartford. Anyway, it might actually that might have been year before the year after I think it was a like 0405 that was the year I played there, but anyway 04, 03, 04. okay <clears throat> so there's me Marty uh, Gagne Gerth Murray Craig Weller Gerth Murray I think I mentioned him already uh, Trevor Gillies uh, <laughs> Ryan Pollack there's another one what uh, who else did we have I mean the list goes on. Well, Scary tough. Oh, like, I was a lightweight. I was coming up from the coast, and, you know, I I, I mean, it was just, oh, my gosh. Like, this is, you know, it, it was by far the toughest that, that I've ever – I think that probably will ever, you know, that we're at the toughest league that that year was the toughest by far in hockey across yeah. the world. I mean, yeah. Because everybody had three, four, you know, however many guys that would fight. I mean – Worcester had uh I wanna say Mike Segroy, Steve McLaren. Oh, who else did they have? I don't even remember. I mean they had some tough, tough guys. You know I mean? Yeah, man. Oh Lots. yeah. Uh Providence had Colt Moore, Brennan, uh Brennan Walsh, Awashi, um uh, Thompson, uh D Man, Brent Thompson, um that's oh, yeah, guys. Brent Thompson. Um, and then, I mean, well, Bridgeport had two or three guys that, you know, I mean, Springfield had, that was fun. We had a brawl, we had a line brawl against them. We Was see. Had- there? Pardon me? Was Mitch Fritz in Springfield? Mitch Fritz was there. Yes. He wasn't yeah. there. He was big, big. Oh, Mitch is huge. Um, He's another guy that was a freaking man child. <laughs> uh, I can't remember if it was the next year. I want to say it was next year. He wasn't there the, in 0304. I want to say he was there in 0405 because he just about took my nose off with an uppercut. Um, Fritzy? Oh, like he just, he just grazed the tip of my nose. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, and then, sorry, go back to uh, Bridgeport. They had Graham Bielak, um, Eric oh, Goddard, Goddard, Steve Webb. Webb <sighs> and Goddard were there? Oh, yeah. Like just oh. tough, tough, tough. I mean, it was stupid tough. Um, yeah, they they had probably one of the tougher teams by far. They were tough. Like Graham, Graham. They talk a, a lot about Wade and how tough he was, but Graham was. You think Graham was tougher. I yeah, they I'd put him real close. But Wade was a better player, no doubt. Wade was a better player. Yeah, but Graham was just as tough, if not tougher. Wow. Like he beat the tar out of me. Um in Bridgeport in exhibition season. Well, he gave me a pretty good black eye. He he got the old right he got my right arm tied up and then I had to go lefties with him. I had to go left against his right, so I was I wasn't as proficient back then as I as I got to be, but uh okay. yeah, I I took a couple off the side of the noodle. <laughs> yeah, well but, I, I hear ya.
0: I hear you, bro. So yeah, you you, you but, obviously mastered the craft of the lefts, so though. Eventually, but we'll get well, into that.
1: Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I had to I had to, to figure out how to do that. So, but uh, but yeah, it was like well, that year. It was, it was tough. Like it was it was tough, tough, tough league. So like the time that you spent with Charlotte, I that same season, yep. you
0: guys went on a bit of a playoff run. How far did you guys go? Like I saw all these playoff games for you that year.
1: We made it to the Southern Conference Finals, and I right
0: saw
1: it. There's two, there's two times where, like, I'm just getting fired up just talking about it. That year, and then the year in uh, Providence. Those are two of the years that we should have won, and those are two of the years that some guys went out and did some questionable things. And and uh, yeah, I uh, that one's still a hard one to swallow because looking back, if I I'd, I'd love to have five minutes with those couple guys that. Uh, Thought that they were bigger than the team. But, oh yeah, like it is what it is.
0: I hear you, brother. I hear you. So, dude, and oh, we're we're so close to Providence, but I gotta talk to you about the 2005-2006 season in Charlotte, playing with Big Pete, who I recorded with <laughs> yesterday. Um, tell me yeah. about that year, because this is what you okay. First of all, let me tell you what Big Pete said. So, Big Pete said. That was the only year that he's played professional hockey where he did not have to worry. Okay. He said he maybe had about two or three majors that season because Big Mac was there.
1: Well, I I don't know about that, but I mean, Pete, like, you know, Pete was on kind of the downward, you know, like I said, every, he was on the downward side of his career. Let's be honest.
0: It was his last season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: have to and it's like you know i'm not going out there expecting him to fight you know he didn't have to fight every pissant that was you know come along and ask him to fight so you know uh, he taught me a lot um i stayed with him a little bit and and oh, you lived with him yeah i i want to say no we actually lived at the residence inn together in hartford that was really that was the year that uh i want to say that marty no the diesel was there. Yeah, that was the year that. Uh, so I'll tell you a funny story. So we mo- we we weighed into camp, and I mean I friggin worked my tail off. So that would have been 0405. Um, <clears throat> weighed into camp 267 and a half. I was huge. I worked out like a football player all summer. So it's totally, totally the wrong. 67 back. I mean, yeah. And Marty was 272 or 270. He <laughs> went- <laughs> so uh, Jason Rudwick jumps on the scale. He's 6'4", 235, or 225, or whatever he was, all right? Dale Peerington jumps on the scale. He weighs 240, 245, and they're both 6'4", 6'5", whatever. I jump on the scale, 6'5", 267. They're like, holy shit. Well, then Marty jumps on the scale. He's 6'5", 6'6", 270. So it's like, you know, I'll never forget. Like, Scuddy was just like, I got to fight these guys? Like, <laughs> 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 Yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. That was my, actually, that was my first, uh, NHL camp. Was that, uh, it was with the Rangers. The Rangers? Yeah. That was, that was awesome. Cool. What was that like?
0: What like that oh, was, was like a dream, right? I got a
1: picture, well, I got a picture. I got the, I looked like the freaking Undertaker back then, but I got a picture with, uh, Jarmer Jager in the front and I'm in the background and I've, I've got, I've got the death grip on his pants. Because I don't want to let him go. Because if I let him go, then he's gonna just do whatever he wants. Not that he, I couldn't stop him anyway. But I just made sure I had a hold of him so I could <laughs> kind of slow him up a little bit. But uh, oh yeah, that was it in was,
0: pre in preseason.
1: Yeah, it was just one of the drills we were like we were on the same team. And okay. When, you know, I think it was like green versus white or whatever. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Inter squad games.
1: Yeah. Kind yeah. awesome. That. And uh, yeah, I was making sure I was tight as I could be against him because I wasn't, I wasn't going to get, you know, I wanted to make sure I had every advantage I could. So yeah, yeah, I was cheating like you wouldn't believe. But, but yeah, that, that year, then that year, uh, I got to play with Pete and, uh, oh my gosh, like, so me and Pete, this is another funny story. So we were down in, in, um, Florida. I'm a big guy. Like I'm, like I said, 260, and Pete's yeah, a huge, probably 280, 290. Come big. on, bro, really that big? He was 290. Two. Come was on, Mac. He might have been 270, 280, but he was big man. 280. Oh. He's six foot. What is he? Six foot six eight seven. Six, six seven,
0: foot. Yeah. seven, I think.
1: Well, he's all legs and arms. Like he's just a big, and he's a, got a big barrel chest. I mean, he's just huge, and. Oh. God, I have never felt like a little girl. He picked me up and powerbombed me. We were wrestling. He picked me up and powerbombed me, and I'm like, I got up and I just walked away. I didn't know what to say because I've never been, you know, never has anybody done that to me. And I'm like, manhandled. So he, so
0: Peter Werrell manhandled you.
1: (laughs) Oh, he sure did. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, he was a guy like he was such a good dude. Like he. You know, and this like I said, this was in the dressing room, just pissing around, right? But you know, on the ice, like after proxy, he'd show you a couple things. Like he showed me a lot of different things, and and uh yeah, he's just he's such a good dude, such a nice. Like he just is generally a nice man, really. He truly is. One of the nicer teammates you had in your career? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, like he just he he showed me a lot of different. Just just being around him and just you know how. You know, of course, I'm just like a little puppy dog and he's, you know, a big puppy dog or he's a a little puppy, you know, nipping at his heels, trying to, you know, just trying to learn from how he did things, what he did, did this, did that, you know, this scenario that, you know, and I mean, at that time, I was, I was still kind of up and coming and, and, and was trying to learn my craft and and be as good as I could be. You know, I wasn't expecting to go to the NHL, but I thought, you know what, I want to be as good as I could be. So. You know, um, so it was he was a good good teammate for me anyway. Yeah, dude.
0: So okay, so now this is where it gets really fun for me, Big Mac. Because like I told you, man, I'm a guy that follows the players, right? I'm a fan, bro. The two thousand seven, two thousand eight season with the Providence Bruins, in my opinion. That season, Mac, like, I know you did well before that, but that season, that full AHL season, full AHL, right? You made a statement, and I think you really opened up everyone's eyes, man. Did you have a great summer going into that year?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Uh, (laughs) It's kind of funny. Uh, I got... I want to say I got married that summer. Did you? No, maybe not. Mm, yeah, I did actually. I was retired. I was done playing hockey. I, Come um, on. Or the year before, we got into a pissing match with Hartford. Well, with the Rangers and Hartford, and and uh, your agent, you mean? Yeah, Peter Cooney. Okay. Was my, and he fired me because I wouldn't sign with uh uh with I wouldn't sign with Hartford, and I'm like, well, I'm not signing with Hartford because I'm not gonna. You know, I've worked my tail off to get you'd to be work. limiting yourself, right? And I said, I'm not signing, I'm not going to ha- hamstring myself for two years getting underpaid, um, mm-hmm. and having to eventually, I would probably have to pay to play pretty much. Like, you know, by the time right. you like Connecticut, you know, they're not giving free rent out, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, so you're behind the evil, right? So I told him, I was like, you know what? I said, you know, this isn't going to work. I'm not signing. So he's like, well, you know what? Um, and to this day, like I, it still bothers me. Um, and I, like I said, I'll say hi to Peter, but it still bothers me that, that that happened. And it, you know, at that time I was hot under the collar and I was a little choked and I might've made some irrational decisions, but I kind of stuck to my guns and and believed that, you know what, I'm going to, I'm not going to have people you know, it just happened the way it happened, long story short, and, and uh, so I didn't have a place to play, I wanted to go back to Charlotte, and and of course, they didn't want to, or they didn't sign me, because obviously, I pretty much told Hartford to kick rocks, and yeah, yeah. Harf, well, you know what, whatever, we'll cut ties with you, so that kind of, you know, put a, a bee into my bonnet, and uh, so I was pretty choked, and then, I'd kind of, i gotten married and I was retiring and the, that, <clears> that buddy of mine, um, Tim Taylor was the general manager for the quad city, uh, Mallards. Yep. So he asked me, said, Hey, do you want to come play hockey up here? And I was kind of humming and hawing. And I just, actually that was a summer I didn't get married. So I just had my son and, uh, I was like, you know, I don't, yeah, yeah. you know what? Yeah, okay. So I went up there, played up there. It was probably one of the toughest training camps I've ever been to in my life. Really? Miserable. I I think I played like five games or maybe ten games, and I just was like, I've done. I'm 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 I've had it up to my eyeballs. I was fighting. I just I was not in a good place. My my you know my family wasn't there with me, and I was just miserable. Um, wasn't a good situation for you. Well, just like I said, it, it, it just I I wasn't wanting to be there, and so anyway, I hadn't been home in like six, seven, eight years, or whatever it was, uh, for Christmas, and and I said, you know what, I'm 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 done. So I came home for Christmas, and uh, you know, hung out with my with my family and and my my newborn, my son, and and at that time, my girlfriend, and and uh, long story short. Came home for Christmas here, back to Canada, and my dad and and one of the more successful farmers kind of sat me down and and said, Hey, you know what, Um, you know, are you going to be able to look at yourself in 10 years, 20 years, whenever, and say you give it your all? Or are you letting some other people kind of dictate your career? And that's kind of where I brought back, you know, what Brent Sutter said, uh, but not your life. So, between the three of them, you know, Brent, back my head, saying that, I was like, you know what, be down if I'm going to let somebody, you know, say, you know, what I can and cannot do. So, I'm going to come back there. I'm going to go back, finish the year out, have fun, first and foremost, try to win a championship, you know, be there for my teammates, and be the best teammate I could be. And so, anyway, I go back to... Quad City and and we had a pretty decent year I think we got beat out second first second I can't remember and uh but when I came back um uh Providence wanted to call me up so I'm on the phone with uh I can't remember with Scotty or who it was but I said you know what I said I can't quit on my teammates again I said if I come up there I said I've been up there once before. I said I know how it works. I said I'm hired again up there. I go up there, play a couple of shifts, whatever, you know, yada yada yada. It's a big deal. I said if you're really interested, I said you'll call me up, you know, we'll sign something in the summer, and we'll go from there. So I finished my my year off with with uh, Quad City, and then the next summer, two weeks before training camp, hey it's Scotty Gordon with the Providence Bruins, we'd like to have for you to come up. I was like Scotty like I'm 280 pounds I haven't even thought skating uh this is where it's at I was just perfectly honest with him like I'm yeah know, not like I'm sitting like I just got married up drinking you know I had a few like I said hanging out with my buddies down at the club drinking a few beers you know whatever so I, I just was honest with him I said listen I said this is where I'm at like I, I'm you know he said, you know what, Macri he said, I understand. Uh, we'd really like for you to come to camp. We've got a skills coach, and we've got a fight coach. And I'm like, okay. So that kind of got the wheels going, and, and I talked to, you know, my, my kid's mom and, and my mom and dad, and we kind of got – because, I mean, everything – I always run stuff by my mom and dad. That's just the way I am. Yeah. And uh, Shane asked them. I said, what do you think? Oh, you know, give her, give, give her a try. What do you got to lose? So I went there. Well, I <clears> met <throat> uh, first practice, go out there, and I mean, you know, and, and like I said, I had skated, like I said, as soon as I found out I was going to province, of course, I got all my gear rounded up, started kind of buckling down, and, uh, you know, did what I could in two weeks, which is a lot of time, but whatever. Uh, I got to camp, um, struggled my way through it, the first day, first practice, uh, Paul Vincent, Mr. V., I love that man he's like my hockey dad like i i would he's like he he's my yeah he's he's him and dougie smith are the two reasons why i got in the nhl um like i said those two guys if they wouldn't have worked with me i wouldn't have had a sniff the but, real goon douglas smith
0: pardon me the real goon douglas yep. smith
1: yep 100
0: yeah. i just wanted to confirm no, he's yeah. been a special guest on here
1: i just wanted to confirm He's a great guy. Like I said, he just, you know, I, I spent hours and hours and hours with him and Mr. B. And, and but getting back to my story. So first, first day of training camp, Mr. B comes out. And Mr. B is probably five foot six, five foot seven, five eight. I don't. He's not very tall. <laughs> and probably the most intense individual I've ever met in my life. Now he was a Boston cop. So oh this, wow. Like, he's what not, about his like, accent, Mac? Oh, he's, yeah. He's from. I think he's from Southie, actually. So he's got the no real. Like, Boston, he's got the Boston accent, like you know, that's the way. <laughs> Walshie. You know how Walsh is this "Doug." And no, this is Mr. V. No, but so, Doug
0: also has the Boston oh, yeah, accent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, Mr. V. Sorry, brother. Go ahead.
1: He's from Bridgewater, actually. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they both they got they're tough Boston kids, right? Well, then boss and 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 I love, like you said massachusetts they call them assholes whatever i love them they're, they're good people because they're it's almost like they've they're like they could come out west here in saskatchewan and they'd probably survive like that's that's yeah. just good people yeah. they tell it to you straight whether you like it or not and they i mean obviously but anyway mr v comes out he's skating around and i'm looking at this guy i'm like holy shit all right and he comes up to me and he says maca of course i'm all eyeballs and assholes <laughs> Yeah. This is Mac, What What do you got? What do you, What do you want to do? I said, Well, Mr. V. I said, uh, You know, I'd sure like to play in the NHL. You know, one game. He said. He looked at me without even, you know, skipping a beat. He said, Mac He says, I got a better chance at dating Meg Ryan than you guys. <laughs> that wasn't his exact words, but you could un- you could read between the lines. I'll keep it PG, but you could read between the lines. And I'm, you know, of course, I'm like flabbergasted. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this guy is just a real jerk. So, but then he, you know, he paused and he kind of giggled and laughed and he says, he said, I'll make you a deal, Maka. He said, you come out here every day, every day that I'm here, half an hour before, half hour after. He said, you know, I'll work with him. We'll try to get you there. I said, the deal. He said, but he said the de- the the first day that you miss, he said, you miss, you're late, whatever, we're done. You know, that was it. So. <clears throat> anyway he uh he kept up to his word and and uh like I said he worked with me and worked with me and worked with me and, I mean I had uh I had the old wood sticks and there was a few times where I think there was a bunch of sawdust underneath them because I was gripping them so tight that was one I was trying so hard and he knew that and he'd come up to me and I mean there'd be smoke coming out of my ears I'd be so mad and he'd come up Slap me, and clap, you know, just kind of give me a little open hand slap across the face, and just be like, Mecca, you got this. Concentrate. You got this." You know, and I'd be like, <laughs> "You know, wanting to smash my stick over the over the glass because it, it what it was. It wasn't, you know, for the normal hockey player, it wasn't that big of a deal. But for guys like you know, like it was it was tough for me to, you know, be able to do it. And and when it was, you know, with such a challenge, it's you, you know, you get it, like I said, you get frustrated and obviously I'm, I'm my worst critic. So I can, you know, I'm sure you you can attest to it too. It's we're hard on ourselves and we want perfection now. We don't want to, you know, so, but that being said, he, he was with me through, through it all. And and then obviously I got to meet Doug and, and Doug, Oh my gosh. Like what a savage that guy is. He's, he's a beauty. Like just, he's another great guy. He's a, uh, he's a cop there. And, and, uh, he he brought the the target mets out there and was working with me and and I went from being you know just average just to uh it kind of pushing through that plateau where I was starting to figure things out learn how to play the game learn how to play the role you know using the skill sets that I'm learning from Mr. V and then also using the skill sets that, that Doug is teaching me in, in grooming and And then playing with the guys that I had in Providence, like, you know, it was just a, it was, it was best year, one of the best years I ever had playing hockey, if not the best. So all in all, it was, it was a fantastic opportunity and, and uh, you know, something that I'm always grateful for. People ask me uh, about it all the time, you know, who was the most influential. I said, you know what, I said those two guys, if it wasn't for them, then, and I mean, obviously I had some pretty good breaks along the line too, like Craig McTavish, you know, Mac, he gave me my opportunity in Edmonton, and I mean, you know, like him or not, I'll never ever forget that. And I mean, I'm loyal to a fault, uh, you know. So it's it's uh, I'm thankful for those guys stepping in at the right time in my career, helping me. That's for sure, Mac,
0: and and I really appreciate those stories, man. And I know the listeners do too. That's absolutely priceless. I'm yeah. a big Douglas Smith fan. Now I'm a big fan of this other gentleman. But, yeah, Dougie was on the show, like, a, couple, a few months back, man, and he told me about this job that he had with Providence. Yeah. So that's why I – like. And, and so would you say, Mac, would you agree with me that this was the season, the turning point in your career?
1: Oh, by far, absolutely. Okay. Um. Right on. Yeah. Well, if – if he wouldn't have worked with Colton or Colton or would have went on to have the career yet. And I mean, you know, we had him for I think two, three, four years. I can't remember how many years that Colton was in, in, uh in probably at least three. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I had him for a year. So yeah, you know, it's it's uh <laughs> like I said. I wish I would have had him for two, three years. Like, oh boy. But Mac, uh, the like, impact. It, Sorry, go ahead, yeah. Mac. It, it like just just the like I said, Doug was great, Mr. V was great and I mean uh, you know the coaches there too were were, were great. Scotty was good and and uh, Robbie was good too. so I I enjoyed myself thoroughly and in in, in uh, uh, Providence I had a lot of fun there and, and such a great organization too. so So now Matt, just before we get off Providence, I want you to go
0: back and remember the home games, okay? This is what it ended up becoming. Now, I played, now, a guy that always played on the other side, like I played in Rochester for four years. I played in Rockford for a year. Those teams never play Hartford, Providence, Lowell. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in the AHL, how they don't really cross over like that, right? So I remember, man, like watching videos of your home games in Providence, bro. And it would be your fight. And it would be, I don't know whose camera it was, but you could really hear the crowd. And brother, I remember watching you. It didn't even matter if it was lefts or rights, but the crowd would roar, Mac. You would hear a roar every bomb you would land. And it it was incredible to watch. I just wanted to ask you, do you remember that type of excitement in that Providence arena?
1: You know, it was – that year we had a good team. And, I mean, it was exciting right from the word go. Um, you know, they liked the hard-nosed players and they liked the goals and they liked – obviously, you know, we had some good goalies there too. Um, I mean, yeah. we had one that year, and there's no question. Um, I don't really remember a whole lot. The only time that I really remembered a lot was – I fought Paul, Paul Crossy, Now, we in we had kind of a rivalry between Manchester and and Providence. And yeah. uh, you know, I'd fought Kevin Westgard, and Kevin Westgard's another tough dude. Holy smoke, he was tough. He uh, he let me up for a couple uh, earlier on that year, and and I always, you know, it seemed like I always fight him. Uh, we'd always we'd always fight, and then Paul come along, and he was a tough D man, and. Like I said, we had the sick old jerseys with the, you know, the multicolor. I loved yeah. those jerseys. I think we only yeah. wore them twice. But, uh, you know, we were, he was a, I want to say he was like a, I don't, say, I don't know if he was a gold glove boxer. I, th- I want to say he was like really like a martial artist. Like he was actually really good, like a black belt or something. Like he's, he's legit. Really? Like he, all there. Yeah. And, and those guys, and I'm sure you probably can attest, like, those guys that are boxers and gold, MMA and the, the martial arts guys, they're they're tough to fight because they're moving and they're weaving and they're bobbing. Whereas I just want to sit in there and I just want to punch you like just face punch each other.
0: You yeah. I mean, shot for shot. For shot.
1: shot. Yeah. Great. Probably yeah. not the greatest. You know, probably not the greatest. Uh, you know, <laughs> idea <laughs> doing it, but it's like my theory was that I'm gonna have to take one to give one, so it's like well let the best man win. So. Yeah but he was pretty slippery and him and I had a hell of a first start of the fight. Like he was hard to grab a hold of and just wiry and moving all the time. And and I got a grab on him. And I mean, I, I ended up catching, catching him with a lucky one and he went down and that was really the only time where I really knew that Holy smokes, the fans were behind me. They like, they like, you know, and my hat's off to Paul. Like, you know, he, uh, he, he kind of heard himself and, and obviously, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, that was kind of when I knew I was like, Holy smokes, like the fans are behind me here. They, 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 you know, like passionate. I was, Yeah. Very passionate. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, whether, you know, it was, they were so good to me. Like I was just a big kid that just tried to work as hard as could, and, you know, wasn't very talented, but by gosh, you know, try to be a good teammate, and uh, do the best I could because, uh, you know, that was that was my bread and butter. So, and like I said, oh, that yeah, got, I got to be better at it. So, tried to, tried to use it as much as I could. Yeah,
0: 100%. The following season, Mac, I find to be the most intriguing year of your career. So, obviously, it starts off as signing as a free agent with Florida. Yeah. Florida Panthers. Signed yep. as a free agent, right?
1: Signed down there and, and, uh, I think Wade Belak signed down there too. And I had followed Wade throughout my career and his career and, you know, and obviously when I get down there, it's like, Oh my gosh, like that's Wade Belak. He grew up two and a half hours down the road from me. And, you know, being a Saskatoon blade, like, you know, he played in the blades, So I was always watching him there. And I was just like, man, this yeah. kid, don't call him the albino rhino, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's it's uh, getting to meet them. Um, you know, it was kind of cool getting hanging out with them. And, and then, obviously, they sent me down to down to Rochester. And then I actually had a really good camp. And, and I love, like, uh, Pete DeBoer. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'd go through. He was one of them other guys, too, that I'd go through a big wall for. Like, I, I loved the way that he coached. Um, he loved guys that you know, loved the tough guys, and he loved the, you know, if you if you gave him everything you got, he was gonna play as much as he could. And for that, I I respected him so much for that. And and uh, you know, he he kind of knew that I was just right there, and you know, but at the same time, like you know, it, it, I'm right there, but he couldn't keep me up full time. And as much as I think he maybe wanted to, he just couldn't because you know, just different things, and then the, um, I got sent down to, uh, Rochester, and I got my first training, my first, my first practice there, um, they called me in the office and said that Edmonton had picked me up on waivers, and, you know, Jack Birch is sitting there, he's like, well, you know, I don't think you should go, and, you know, kind of like giving me the whatever and what yeah oh yeah I was kind of like you know at the time I was like all I could think of was Edmonton Oilers what does that mean Edmonton Oilers picked me up on waivers what does that mean how you know that's all I cared about and I've got this guy sitting across from the table from me and he's like kind of you know just well you need to work on this and I don't know if it's such a good idea and I'm just like you know who? what you know like what does this mean Cause I mean, I'm, I'm not a, like, I'm not a stats guy. Like I'm a, Hey, yeah. you know, the job needs to get done. Let's go do it. Like I'm not, I've, I've never been, you know, I, I want to win. Um, but I'm not never been a stats guy or course guy or, I mean, I try to pay attention to my plus minus cause obviously I don't want to, you know, get, uh, the green jacket again. Your liability. Right. Yeah. That's all I cared about is not getting scored on. And, uh, you know taking care of my taking care of my business so anyway I get up there and and uh find out that what it meant to, to to get picked up on waivers and how it all worked and oh my gosh when I figured this out it's just like you know hello <laughs> so that being said um they flew me to uh, Edmonton and then it just kind of took off I, I practiced with them and I'm just like a kid in the candy store I mean I'm just, you know, my eyeballs are just as big as saucers, and it's just like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I finally got an opportunity here. And I mean, I had a pretty good training camp, uh, you know, preseason. Um, me and Storch kind of, uh, you know, him and I, I wasn't a big Storch fan. I didn't really like him. Yeah. And I told him so uh, in, in preseason against them and told him what I thought of him. And, and lo and behold, we ended up being teammates. So it's like, mm. <laughs> Sometimes that's kind of good and bad, but, uh, I'm sure yeah. he came up
0: to you right away and shook your hand though, right?
1: He, like I said, sorts a great guy. Like He really is. He's, he's just different. It's just different. Like he was, he was a better player than I was. And, you know, we had the same si- or similar jobs, but it was just different. And, you know, and, and, and that was just the way it was, but, and now looking back, I can understand that a little bit better now, but, you know, when I first got there, it was like, okay, how's this going to work? Like, am I going to have to, is this guy going to be, you know, breathing down my neck or am I going to have to, you know, are we going to go center ice every day or what? Like, uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's just, just a good, you know, good teammate that, you know, worked his bag off and, and uh, was there for his teammates the best he could. And, and really, and truly that's all we both were trying to do is we were just trying to do what we could to stay in the lineup and, and, uh, and play and, and be a, uh you know uh, uh not be a liability out there be actual like a you know hey you know you better watch out and get guys thinking that them guys are on the ice you know we really don't do we really want to go back to the puck so <laughs> yeah but, but yeah it was like i said and then my first exhibition game against calgary i mean that was a dream come true get the battle of alberta oh man oh, my, you know and then uh fight my old arch nemesis, the guy that used to beat the well he beat the wheels off me, Jim Vandermeer Junior. He beat the wheels off me. He was in Red Deer and I was in Saskatoon. And I remember that beating like it was yesterday. So <laughs> we had to had to kind of write the ship on that one. But you know it, it I'm was sure you got your revenge, buddy? You know it was a good fight. It was a close fight. Jimmy's tougher than nails and Yeah, the whole family is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's it was it was uh and then we ended up being teammates in edmonton so it was just a whirlwind the whole you know the whole how it all happened and and uh you know i was just very fortunate very lucky and and very appreciative now let me and i appreciate you
0: sharing this mac now let me add a little bit to this now i want to remind the listeners steve mcintyre's dream was to play for the edmonton oilers correct Oh, absolutely. Like, your your dream. Like, just like for me, it was to play for Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm a Toronto kid. You're out in Saskatchewan, but your team is the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. Okay. So now let me give you – sorry, go ahead, Mac.
1: I think my mom and dad still have my, like, first jersey. I think it was Edmonton Oilers jersey. It was a white Edmonton Oilers jersey. You were a little kid? Yeah. Oh, for sure. That was the first jersey I ever had. Wow. Yeah. So I was Edmonton. I was little.
0: So, back. let me tell you a little bit of insight before you got there. We were discussing it a little bit before the recording. Now, this is what it meant for the Edmonton Oilers. When, you, when they were able to pick you up off waivers, it was such a big deal to the organization. And I'll tell you why. I was one of the players that they invited to that training camp that year because they felt that with just Sortini, they didn't have enough beef. They thought that they got pushed around in the Battle of Alberta the previous season. They wanted a designated tough guy. Obviously, the new tough guys had to play, but they wanted a guy on the fourth-line winger. That's what they wanted. Zach was a a third-line, maybe sometimes second, right? Third-line guy, whatever. Move up and down the line. They invited Hans Benson, who was a legit AHL guy. Adam Huxley, who was in their organization, myself, Jason Doig, there was about two or three other guys. They invited us all into camp just hoping that one of us would step up, do well in preseason, and take the load off Stortini. None of us were that impressive in camp. I remember. I remember I was like, man, I'm just not – it's not one of my best camps. Like – None of us were impressive. Hans Benson probably did the best because he did well in his fights in preseason. Right. So we all get the call one day, Mac, and we're all sent down to Springfield. And the news is that big Steve McIntyre just got picked up off waivers. Right. And they're gonna, And he's the guy. Now, Mac, Obviously, we're all competitive, man. You yeah. you explained a couple times on this episode how disappointed you were the first time you got cut, this, that, the other. Yeah. Obviously, I've been cut before. I never made Buffalo, right? So right. I was cut every year, cut every year, got my little sniff. Now I'm cut from Edmonton. For the first time in my career, I was content with not making it. Why? Because, Mac, I knew about you. I knew the places that you played. I knew the battles that you've been through. And I was like, you know what? The best man has the spot right now. And he's (laughs) a heck of a lot tougher than any of us. And I was, I was content, bro. I'll admit it, man. I was like, you know what? Credit to him. Every other time I'd be so rattled Mac. When I get sent down that year, I was cool with it, bro. I was so happy for you, bro. I never knew that was your favorite team growing up. If I had known that, I maybe would have got a little tear in my eye. But, (laughs) dude, I was really happy for you, dude. You know, I
1: I, I appreciate that. I I don't know if I ever was, you know, that, like I said. But, uh, you know, I could probably, I can understand it now, even going into, like, when I was with Florida when Wade Belak was there. You know, obviously going into camp, it's like, man you know what, you're going to go out there and do the best you can. And, you know, Wade Belak was in the lineup and in an, or pardon me, he was, he was their guy. So, you know, I was writing was on the wall. I was going to end up in Rochester. So, you know what it is, what it is. Right. So, but that's being said, you know, I just went out there and played hard every, I don't even think I fought that preseason except for, yeah, Jimmy V. Um, I just, played hard and and well wow. i i was a guy that never went looking for it but i always was there you know in the mix and and even now like as i'm getting older i got chirped the other night about oh well am you're 47 you know you still play the same way and i'm like you know what i said i played the same way for the last 25 years i said that's the way yeah. i play you know yeah. i don't and uh you know i i like i said it's having that opportunity in edmonton um, you know, 'cause I remember the guys talking about you and and Huxley and, and Benson there, and and how tough you guys were, and I'm just like, man, I'm just happy for the opportunity to come in here and just try to help out as best they can. And hey, you know what? And it's and it however I can. And 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 the crazy thing about it is, is everybody asked me, said, well, you know, what was it like playing in the Battle of Alberta? I said, you know what? I said, I respected those guys. I said, I respected calgary i said it was like you know i said but then they said well what was the most hated team i said i hated playing in vancouver like i wanted to you know i just i don't know what it was about vancouver but every time i played Vancouver (laughs) i mean i was trying to the 18th pot like i was trying so hard just to play hard and make life miserable for those d-man and those forwards like just i don't know what it was but you know what i mean (laughs) right on played hard for you know all the time but it was like that team that that vancouver team i just i I just tried that little bit much harder and i mean uh you know calgary was a lot the same but i played a little bit more um a little bit more respectful i guess in a sense that uh, and you probably know what i'm talking about i know exactly
0: what you mean you you you,
1: like jerome again okay this is another story about how good a guy jerome is right um, I grew up watching Jerome from the time I was 15 years old. Like, once he, you know, he went to, wow, well, as soon as he broke in the league, I think he's probably a couple years older than I am. I can't remember exactly how old he is, but long story short, I always admired the way he played. He always played a hard-nosed game. He, he played the right way. He'd fight, he'd score, he'd do everything he could. Well, <clears throat> uh, Ole Okanen was playing for Calgary. For some reason, I did not like Ole Okanen. Like, he would just poke and poke and poke and poke. And just – I wanted to kill him every time we played each other. And then specifically this one time in Edmonton. And uh, he's going around mouthing off, whatever, and I'm trying to get at him. And Iggy <laughs> on the, Iggy grabbed me and was like, hey, have some class. Show some class. And I'm like, yes, sir. And I mean <laughs> – That's exactly what I said to him I was like, yes sir And I put my head down and I went to the box (laughs) But I mean, you know That's the kind of respect that I had for those guys Like I, as much as I wanted to kill him uh, You know, I still had the the respect You know, especially when when he was captain there And, and, uh, but I mean, obviously it's a battle of Alberta So you want to win But uh, it wasn't necessarily a, a win at all costs It was a, you know, win, play hard Do the right things uh, you know and me the best man win whereas Vancouver it was like you had Burroughs and Kessler and the twins the sisters whatever you want to call them and then you had a couple D-men that you wanted to run through the end of the boards too BX and Davidson I think O'Brien was there too like I oh I'm one of the like they brought it out of me I don't know what it was but they just brought it out of me I, I couldn't stand it Burroughs or Kessler I just hated them
0: but,
1: yeah but anyway I hear Excellent. you, buddy.
0: Mac, I- now I know that you had that experience with Hartford, right? Where there was a disagreement with, with what, how the contract should be and this and that, right? But you must have learned something from that because, dude, like, I couldn't believe when I saw you, like, a, a team signing you, losing you to waivers, you coming back, then Edmonton brings you back. Florida, Edmonton to Edmonton to Florida, like, like, dude, like, it, it was like, you obviously are an incredible team guy, cause that doesn't happen, bro. I,
1: you know, I, I don't know about, I, I tried to be, like I said, there's, I, 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 you know, and it goes back to 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 Brent Sutter, you know, he was all about the team, and and I never understood that till the later part of my career, and. You know, I had a couple blips there where I was a little bit selfish, um, but, uh, you know, all in all, it was like, you know, like, I'm getting this opportunity to play this game and, and people are coming to watch. Like, I'm going to go out there and, and give it everything i got. And it might not be a lot, but, you know, that's that's the way I've been taught since I was a kid is, is you leave it all on the ice, you work your your butt off and, and, and you can look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I did everything I could. And that's, you know, I try to do that every day. and. You know, and fortunately, they, I think they brought me back to Edmonton, I think three different times. And I was in Florida twice. And, and, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, that was, we haven't even touched on Pittsburgh, but I know. uh, That was a great, that was, that was great. great Well, Pittsburgh's next anyway. So let's talk some Pittsburgh, man. Well, first and foremost, I'd like to say Sid is probably one of the coolest guys you're going to ever meet. Um, Really? I've never met the man. Sid and Gino are like two of the best, but Sid is, is he's a very special guy. Um, you know, Mario is another special guy that just, I have the utmost respect for for him and what he's done to with the organization and, and the city and Pittsburgh. And, you know, they're just, they're just when I think of hockey, okay, there's Gretzky, Lemieux, and Sid. And obviously, you know, if you're older, you know, Bobby Orr and, and Gordon yeah. but yeah, Meyer. Yeah, yeah our era, it's it's those guys and 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 you know, y- you never hear about them in the headlines, you never hear about them in the you know, this or that or they're just good quality people. And uh um uh, I had the privilege to to play on their team and, and and be a part of, you know, be a Pittsburgh Penguin and and all I can say was just wow, what an opportunity. Like it was a sh- it was sh- well, I was with the organization I think for two years and uh yeah, you played multiple seasons yeah. for yeah. Pittsburgh. That's cool. Man. Yeah. It uh like I said it, it was just it was such a fun thing for well, for instance, okay, you don't know, hockey you do know, hockey life, right? Yeah. Like, I don't get them down down east. Um but anyway, we got them up here. So when I came back when Edmonton or pardon me when Pittsburgh uh released me, we went back to Edmonton. And my little guy I forget what we were in I think we were in edmonton or we were at some hockey life thing and there, you know, the big mural on the wall is Sidney Crosby and he's like, Dad, there's my buddy Sidney Crosby. And I'm like, What kid can say that? Like Yeah. The, that's so cool. Kids, that's dude. like, you know, he took you take Calem into the back room and shoot pucks with him and and uh my my daughter just thought the world of him. She was just little, she was like two or three and and just you know, thought the world of him, and and uh, but I mean, just a great guy, like just a great man. And like I said, when anybody you know rags on him or, or kind of gives him gives him crap or drags his, money, I'm like the first guy to defend him because he was such a good good guy to my my family and 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 my dad. You know, we went on the father's trip and uh, just oh yeah. Respect, you know. it was, it was What's so Mr. True. Crosby like? Uh, Mr. Cross, he's quiet. Um, he doesn't say a whole lot. Um, but, uh, I, I didn't really get to know him. Um, uh, yeah. You know, on, on, a more, I just always, you know, I'd always say hello. And, and uh, of course me and my dad, we're like social butterflies. We'll sit and talk your ear off, yeah. but, uh, you know, that's just the way we are, right? Small town community. And, uh, how did
0: your pops like the father game, man? That must've been
1: oh, insane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I got to brag on my dad a little bit here. Like, it's, yeah, we're so much alike. We, we battle, uh, we, we battle, we fight like cats and dogs, but you know, there's, there's nothing like family. And, uh, you know, I got to take him. My mom was pretty pissed off. My dad's been on three trips my mom's never been on one and, uh, she had to stay home and feed cows. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I think she, she kind of fussed at Steve Tamblini one day, uh, She's like, this is, this is crap. She said, well, you know, what about these moms? Well, the next, the next year, the Oilers took the moms instead of the dad. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: yeah, I wasn't there. So, yeah, uh, partake in that one. But, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, we, so dad got to go on, on a trip to, with, with that, or pardon me, with uh, Pittsburgh. And uh, what a, what a fun time. So we're sitting down in, where the heck? we were in tampa bay i think oh hey we were either in tampa bay or we were in sunset like with the panthers i yeah. want to say it was with panthers and uh anyway i wasn't playing so i'd done my workout came back up and and bobby Orr is is uh nathan horton's agent at the time right yes. so Eddie johnson is there and, and Bobby Orr is there and of course all the dads are there and then there's my dad he's got a sprite because dad doesn't my dad doesn't drink and he's got a sprite and uh, he's sitting there and he I walked in and you know the first time I hadn't seen Bobby since I played in, in Florida but which is another story but I got to meet him and got to know him whatever he's such a very very he's another very nice man and uh, of course Bobby Orr is my dad's favorite player right oh so, wow. Yeah, of all the time. Like, he's got his... I've got my <laughs> other... So, when they... You know, there was always a rivalry in the house. So, anyway, I got to... I went over and opened the door and came through the suite. And and Bobby said, hey, Macker, how's it, how's it going? I said, oh, I, I don't know whether, whether, you know, whatever. And, of course, my dad's over in the corner. Like, my dad doesn't get starstruck, right? So, he's sitting there drinking his pop. and You know, sitting there. And, of course, I knew... You know, I looked at dad and I looked at Bobby and I introduced I got to I was like, Dad I said, Come meet Bobby Orr. My dad's like, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, I got to introduce him. I said, You know, Dad, this is Bobby Orr, Bobby, this is my dad Ross, you know, yada yada. Well they talked for five, ten, fifteen minutes, whatever it was, and I kind of made the circle and was talking to other people and Bobby comes over and and uh he says, Steve, he said, uh, what's your dad's address? And I said, Give him my address or gave him my dad or gave him my dad's address and and uh, he said I'm gonna send him something. So anyway, this is this all happened. We had a great time. You know, dad's just like, oh my gosh, I get to meet Bobby Orr. He was on cloud nine the whole rest of the night. And about a month or two weeks later, um, dad got a letter. And then it is an eight by ten uh, picture from Bobby Orr oh, when he's wow. the game winner, Stanley Cup winner, when he's flying through the air. And he, he says, Peter Ross, your friend Bobby Orr, oh and my dad's like, Oh my God, you know he phones me up, he shows me this, and of course, my dad, like I said, you know it's it's some he doesn't really get too excited about a whole lot very much and yeah. and we got that, and he thought that was the greatest thing in the world, so
0: that was wow. you
1: know the experiences I got to hang out you know with my my father and like even some of my friends uh when we retired glenn anderson's uh uh, Jersey uh, the night that uh they retired his number in Edmonton uh, yeah I got uh my buddy one of my good best buddies uh from when we were kids he got to experience that with me he came in the dressing room he was talking Mark Messier, Paul Coffee, and of course he's he's a big weather fan too so it's just like you know and of course we go out after that night or after the game and and you know we're at the local establishment drinking pops and with and, mess Oh, you know, Mess wasn't out, but um, I say I forget who all was out there, but I mean there was. Well, Glenn few-
0: Anderson, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: I, I, Like I said, Mess was Mess was there because he was um, he actually stopped and talked to me for like five minutes, and I'm like, really? He knows he knows my name, like he, he you yeah. know, super wow. nice guy. Like, hey, Macker, how's it going? How do you like it here? You know, and I'm like. <laughs> Mark Messier. <laughs> Mark <laughs> Messier is talking to me. You know what I mean? So I mean it was just, and but, I mean you know I, I I shouldn't say that I was like as I said I I have got to experience like these guys are they're such nice guys they're just like me and you you know they're yes. just everyday guys you know they put their pants on one leg at a time, um, you know and I mean it was it was pretty cool, uh, you know Mario was another guy like he just was super nice man you know M- Mark was a great guy. Um, you know all these guys. Uh, you know, uh, Glenn Anderson. He's he's wide open. Um, you know, Marty Marty McSorley was one of my all time heroes. Like
0: he was there. You
1: know, he was. Uh, th- I missed him that night, but I met him actually. You I met was, him though, eh? Met him at a Palm Springs uh, ben, uh golf tournament. Wow. Uh, and uh, yeah, I got actually, <laughs> I <never> a <laughs> picture. I uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, what a beauty! I uh, it, it was just like I said, it's just it was unreal. Like I, I'm looking back now, I wish I would have slowed down to really smell the roses, you know, when I was playing. But at that time, and you know what I'm talking about, it, you know, when you're a, a, a role player, you you can't afford the luxury because if you do, then you're you're behind the eight ball, or or, or you're behind you have to it's almost like you got to be razor sharp and if you're not then you know you're making, gonna lose your spot right and that's that was i couldn't my downtime was away from the rink uh you know hunting and and doing everything else i could uh you know like i said four-wheeler and you know whatever but uh, when i was at the rink like i had to be uh because i mean it was just a, it was a very mental mentally draining mentally uh <laughs> yeah if you had a bad practice you're see you later and i mean you know you didn't want to have too many times where coach was coming up to you and say hey like of course you know bucky bucky and i had a pretty good understanding by the end of the year good lord when i was in like i said in edmonton it was just like oh i have never been bag skated so hard in my life some of his baggers but uh but you know kelly yeah yeah bucky yeah yeah I'm sure you probably know, probably had a few of them. Well, you know, he, I just, I've,
0: I've been a fan of his my whole life. Right. right? Yeah. He's like, a,
1: he's like a long on legs. Like that's all he just, yeah, <laughs> he just goes forever. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it like it, that whole experience with Edmonton, you know, with Pittsburgh, with Florida, like, I am so very thankful for, for those three teams to tip give me the opportunity to, to fulfill my, for my dream and, and, uh, you know, just say I played in the NHL and and you know had a had a, it was short, but I, I'd like to think that I made a splash, somewhat. You Buddy, you you made a huge splash,
0: <laughs> Mac. I mean, a hundred games in the show, all the the hundreds of games in the American League. I mean, dude, you got a lot to be a proud of, man. You got to be a lot to be a proud of. You you were a machine, Mac. <laughs> Guys were like you you were a really big deal. Like I, I I never like I I thank God I didn't have to play against you, Mac, because I. <laughs> I never, never turned down a fight, as I'm right. sure you were the same, right? And I know we would have fought, and I'm just so happy it never had to happen. <laughs> I said, although it would have been an honor, it would have been yeah. an honor, Mac. It would have it, been an honor. But... ah good- oh, man, yeah. If I, if I tried to, if I tried to sit in there with you, buddy, I, I man, I don't know, man. I, I would have just probably just wished my best self the best of luck. <laughs> yeah, buddy.
1: I, I, I and I got some lucky ones in, and I just, you know, my my deal was this: if I could just stay in there and and just last outlast the guy, and yeah, just I tried to outgrade him, out tough him, <laughs> but sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's so awesome, Mac. I, I I can't even like I
0: I I can't believe all the things that we were able to get into, buddy. I appreciate it so much. I'm, I'm at heart a really big fan. I know everyone that is in the base of our show is also a big fan. So it was such a big deal. I wanted to talk about one more thing before we go, big guy, because I know that is it's and it's Brent Sutter, right? That's the Sutter brother yep. that was the coach. Yep. Okay, guys like Brent Sutter, guys like like Douglas Smith. Who, what was the other gentleman, Mister V? Paul Vincent. Yeah. Paul Vincent. Guys like that, right? The things that those guys helped you with, times that you wanted to stop playing, right. being undrafted, bro, both in major, junior and the NHL. What advice do you have for guys that are undrafted, that are thinking of quitting, but they still got game in them? They still got time because you were faced with that multiple times
1: in your career. Yeah, Don't ever quit. As Don't simple ever- as that, right? You're at, like. You know when you're when you're down on the mat and they're counting you out, don't ever quit, don't ever give up because, you know the the thing about it is, <laughs> there was something I read the other day. It, you know if I'd have just given a little bit more, if I'd have just given a little bit more, you know obviously you you yourself down deep in your heart soul you know what you can and can't give and and uh, you know I, I you know. When I first started playing pro hockey, I never, the reality of playing in the NHL was so far, it was so far out of reach. Like, I didn't really, um, and then it's like, okay, and then it starts, you know, a ladder, you go up one ladder, you go up a ladder, you go up a step, you go up a step, you go up a step, and the other thing too, you know, you go up those steps in the ladder, right? And you appreciate the people that got you there and you treated them with respect because, you know, in the ladder life, whether it's playing hockey, whether it's, you know, life in general, like you go up the ladder, you're going to eventually come down the ladder. And depending on how you treat people is how fast you're going to come down that ladder. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, um, the way I was raised, the way my mom and dad raised me, um, you know, it was always try to be respectful as I could. And and obviously you're going to piss people off throughout, you know, the course of life, but for the majority, you know, you treated people with respect and they gave you respect. And, and, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to have people believe in me enough that gave me the opportunity and, and, and ultimately, you know, you got to believe in yourself too. And, you know, for me, um, you know, even though I was getting beat some days, it's like, I can't quit. I can't quit. I got to keep going. I got to keep one foot in front of the other and just keep on pushing, keep on grinding, keep on, you know, doing what you can, keep on swinging. Don't ever quit. And, uh, you know, I still, I tell my kids that all the time. I said, don't ever quit. I said, because you quit, you'll quit all your life. It's like Brent said. So, you know, uh, you know, you don't ever, like I said, you don't ever think you're too big or too bad or this or that. You, you, you're you modest. You you win graciously. You lose graciously. And, I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of failures in life, but there's also going to be a lot of, you know, little little successes. And, and uh, you know, after when you look back, you can say you did it. And if you have that attitude, the no quit, don't give up. You can honestly say that you know what I, I did everything I did I could, and I'm happy with it. I'm I feel good about it. So that's what I'd say to them is just never quit, never give up, never quit grinding, never quit fighting. I think I might have to go back to this
0: episode and listen to that little part days <laughs> that I feel down, buddy. I really appreciate that, man. That was so awesome, Mac. That was so awesome, buddy. I really, really, really appreciate. It. I know the listeners are gonna absolutely love that. Right. So, dude, I mean, I know we're way over the time limit. I was blessed, man. I, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that you gave us this time today, buddy. Um, I wanted to thank the listeners for tuning into another episode of The Sheriff. But Mr. Big Mac, I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you willing to come back for a part two, my friend? You bet. There's a the big thumbs up from Big Mac. Yep. Buddy, I, I, I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate it. And um to to the listeners we're going to sign off now. Woo!